now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Howdy, hey, I am Randall Kay, coming to you live from Magnificent Middle Tennessee with another episode of Bible News Radio. And I'm going to turn the music down a little bit, if that's all right with you. There we go. Hopefully you can hear me okay and everything's going all right. Hey, Psalm 87 is joined. I see that Melanie is here. Uh, and... Um, some other viewers who I don't know who you are, but I'm having a hard time <laughs> working my own phone here. Isn't it special? I'm flying solo today, your sweet and lovable host, Stacey Lynn Harp. Um, uh, she's in a battle with mucus right now, uh, fighting a cold, but the um, she's winning the war. So battle is just, battle is going now. Uh, it's it's an intense battle against um, nasal congestion and the like, but uh, so she's taking the afternoon to rest up and recover, and has left you all in my semi-capable hands. I'm pretty good when it comes to clicking all the buttons and cueing all the audio and stuff like that, but when it comes to doing all that and hosting the program, I'm a little challenged. So I appreciate your patience uh, with me on that. And it's hard to concentrate with the music. I know it keeps things upbeat and going as we start off things, but anyway, it's it's just hard looking at everything. And how much time left for the music? Okay, there's about, um, what, 20 seconds, something like that? Or is that 30 seconds? And then, anyway, making sure the levels are all right and looking at the light up there and trying to watch for comments and see who's coming in the room and all that kind of stuff. And... having a hard time with the orientation my phone here I keep going in and out all right good the music's done I can shut that off yay all right so today I want to be looking at the title story um that was called to my attention by a friend on Facebook hey Mia is here welcome to the broadcast or should I say hello and then uh who else might be out there on the other platforms? Um, let me take a look. Um, looking over on Facebook, looking over on YouTube. All right. Yeah, it's quite a, a challenge to manage uh, all these things and host the show. Stacy does a great job of, of hosting and, and watching the comments. Jonathan Coe has joined us. Welcome to the broadcast. And I'm, you know, men are not good multitaskers by nature. You know, we have those boxed, you know, compartmentalized brains. And so, whereas there are different media that I can take in, I can listen to something different and read something different or be watching something with no audio and hearing something different. And, and uh, 
hey, the right Baker TV has joined us. Welcome to broadcast. Um, you know, and I can take in different different streams of input as long as they're unrelated, and I'm doing all right with that. But then trying to look at different things that are all related, your comments, what's going over here on the web, looking at my audio meters, looking at what I've got queued up in the preview pane, stuff like that. It's a little overwhelming, just so you know. And I'm, somehow I've signed myself out of um, the... And, huh. Somehow signed myself out of YouTube. I don't know what happened there. But, all right. Facebook, I'm assuming that's still going. That looks like it's going okay. We're fine in Periscope here. Uh, that seems all fine. All right. So, back to business. Anyway. The headline article about a conservative Christian seeing no evil in the rape of a 15-year-old girl. Uh, well, it's obvious, well, not obviously a girl, but usually that's the case. Anyway, a friend on Facebook, and I do consider her a friend. We have, uh, I believe we have differing uh, political and religious views, but she loves animals. And so she's got to be, has to have a good heart. So anyway, called my attention to this article over on um, Pathos, and I think I've got that up somewhere. Yeah, it's over here. Oh, I already had it up. Um, anyway, a it's on the uh, Progressive Secular Humanist blog. Uh, the author is is Michael Stone, and anyway, let me go ahead and bring that article up for you. And that's, if I can get it to work, yeah, I can. Houston, we may have a problem. All right. Figure, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I want. There it is, yay. All right. Watch this bit of magic as I bring up the... Um, And for some reason, I can no longer pick the top transitions. So we'll just go with, uh, I've got to report that to Telestream. Since my upgrade to Wirecast 12, but so we'll do a, a cross-dissolve instead of the nice smooth transition where my talking head moves up to upper left corner. It does, but we'll do it more of a uh, just cross-dissolve here. I like the smooth where the picture gets smaller and then... The talking head floats up in the corner, and stripes were probably not a good idea for a video broadcast because it gets that sort of jittery look because of the low resolution. Anyway, so this article, Tennessee lawmaker Van Huss sees no evil in 15-year-old's pregnancy by rape. This is all coming out of the so-called heartbeat bill, HB 77, that was passed today in the Tennessee legislature, uh, which bans abortion uh, if a heartbeat can be detected in the pre-born child, in the in utero uh, baby. And we'll, and we'll 
take a look at some of the specifics of that of that uh, of that bill and uh, approve, you know, as uh, amended. Hey, Freedom Deep, Angie is welcome. Make making forty four is here. Bomb three one thirty two one twenty eight is joined us. Is that a zip code or what is that? But anyway, welcome all y'all. So, um, the artic the the author talks about uh, a hearing on HB seventy seven in the state of Tennessee, which was held. Um, this was you know the author Michael Stone uh, about a, a hearing that was done on February twenty fifth uh, when the bill was being heard in the legislature, and. Talks about a heated discussion of the bill. I watched uh, a lot of it on the um, um, from the twenty fifth hearing, and it was relatively sedate. It was nothing like uh, you know the um, you know Parliament proceedings that we see in the UK or something like that. Those those are heated and those get kind of raucous at times. But uh, in the Tennessee legislature, much like um, the U.S. legislature uh, in the House of Representatives, you know, each person has to be recognized before they speak, that kind of thing, which keeps a cap on the, um, on the you know, disorderedness of it all. It's a very ordered discussion, and you'll hear applause at times uh, from both sides of the aisle. But he referenced this, he references this exchange between Representative Vincent Dixie and Representative Van Huss, a sponsor of the bill, who was there um, defending the bill and was being, you know, in this hearing, uh, there was questions uh, from both sides of the aisle. And Representative Dixie uh, post this hypothetical you see here, and, and, and we can watch it save you uh, from the, uh, the pain of me reading out loud to you. But of course, after presenting this hypothetical, uh, which probably happens, a, a coach might, uh, you know, rep, rape, you know, a teacher or a coach, uh, rape one of his uh, students, a girl, which results in pregnancy. I don't know how that happened. That how often that happens. I don't uh, don't work for the Department of Health or anything like that. I don't know the statistics on that. Um, admittedly, no expert on on teenage pregnancy nor teenage rape. I don't know the statistics. I'll put that out there as a disclaimer. But Representative Dixie puts forth this. Um, relatively long uh, scenario and then um, and then he responds a little bit representative Huss let's I've got it I've got it up here um, here it is all right let's uh, make sure I've got some volume for you here that we'll be able to hear that and let's go ahead and take a look at this exchange. Part of it, a clip of it, is shown in the Pathios article, um, but uh, not the entirety 
of the dialogue. I'm going to pick it up just a little bit before that and uh, make sure I got volume up. Let's check it out. Uh, Representative Dixie, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Now, I'm a husband of over 20 years, and I'm a father of two girls, 12 and 14. Uh, I would have a hard time support, well, I do, I can't support this bill because I believe they should have choice. The choice of a woman is between her, her family, her physician, and God, and no one else. The government does not play a role in that. Uh, you stated earlier that you know what evil looks like. I want to see now pause for just a moment. It says government does not play a role in that uh, in, in a teenage pregnancy. Government doesn't play a role in that. Um, well, <laughs> there's a little. Um, uh, there's this sort of um, Supreme Court decision, Roe v. Wade, back in 1973, uh, that had everything to do with that. That had to do with pregnancy and the right to choose a, a woman's right to choose an abortion. And um, there are anyway, and that's something that legislators on the other side of the aisle will stand upon. Hey, Pastor Garrett, welcome to the broadcast. And you know, and then uh, while while some activists will shout, "Keep your laws off my body," they are um, they are. And it looks like we got some sort of uh, network issues here. All right, we're recovered. Anyway, while some activists will will chant, "Keep your laws off my body," they're also. Um, promote government getting involved and putting certain, quote, safeguards, i.e. laws, uh, into place that will allow abortion to continue. So I think it's a little bit um, disingenuous to say that government is not involved in this situation, whether, whether uh, abortion is permitted or not permitted, the government is involved. Uh, uh, your friend, I've, um, uh, hey, Nick, how's, how's it going? Um, I'm not gonna say the last name because you want me to say something that sounds like the N-word, but, um, so, all right. So back back to the video here. Back to the video. See if you can find the evil in this scenario. Let's say you're a 15 year old girl in high school who's an athlete, and you're raped by your teacher or coach, and you're feeling some shame, responsibility for the weight that prevents you from confiding in anyone, even your parents and friends. So you're trying to forget and make your life seem normal, going to class, spending time with friends, and you miss your first monthly period. And now you're terrified that you're pregnant. So you finally get the courage to buy a pregnancy test, and the result is your worst fear. You're pregnant. So by the time you go to the doctor, six or seven weeks after the rape, and a fetal heartbeat is detected, Representative Van Hus, 
Are you willing to put into law that this girl has to carry her rapist baby while trying to finish high school, abandoning her sports team, and seeing her rapist every day? Chairman Van Hus, you recognize. <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for the question, Representative Dixie. You asked if I could find the evil in the scenario. I cannot, because the evil I find is what you left out. I don't believe it's right to rip an innocent baby limb from limb. Representative Dixie, you're recognized. In that scenario, do you imagine that she would want to finish high school? How would she succeed? What, would the, what do you think the rest of her life would look like? The baby's life. Chairman Van Hus, you recognize. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I think that every single one of us, obviously, has been given the opportunity at life. I don't want to take that away from anybody. Representative Dixie, you're recognized. I think that you're setting that child up for a life of hardship as well as the mother, as well as when, are you aware that there have been instances when a rapist has been convicted, sent to prison, and released that can petition the court to get parental rights to the child? Is that on the bill? Stay on the bill. Okay. Representative Dixie. Are you aware of any other, of any medical issues that result from inbreeding, incest? Is that on the uh, representative, Chairman yeah. Van Hus? I am aware. Do you know what they are? Chairman Van Hus? I know that it's not up to me to determine the value of someone else's life. So I take that as a no. Chairman. <clears throat> representative Dixie, you're recognized. One last question. So basically what this bill is going to do is change the definition of viability that is established by the medical profession and supported by Roe versus Wade. Do you understand that you're changing the well-established definition of viability, which would be unconstitutional, and that would affect medical decisions by doctors in the state? How could you possibly change the definition of viability when you're not a qualified medical doctor? I thought we Chairman didn't Vanos, want government involved. The government wasn't you, involved Chairman. in this at all. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, well, first of all, I am uh, uh, work with folks in crafting this bill. Um, so we define viability as a uh, heartbeat is detected in a pregnancy. Chairman Hill, you're recognized. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman, and thank you to Chairman Van Hus for this legislation. I do not need any pre-written prepared remarks to read from. I'm going to simply state... Okay, well, while the discussion isn't that heated discussion, could you believe the, the, the heat and how heated that got and how just... Um, <laughs> Just uncontrollable that was. Um, wow, I just just couldn't believe. I thought I thought both men were going to burst into flames. How hot it got in there! I thought the furniture was going to catch on fire because of that heated discussion. Um, rape if the raper is, you know, gonna gonna I'm gonna talk about those things you know okay so first of all I just wanted to address the article the article by um, by Michael Stone and and his what I would say clickbait um, <laughs> article Tennessee lawmaker Van Hus sees no evil in 15 year olds pregnancy by rape um, hey you 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 watched it you just saw the interaction 
and he calls it um, in a heated discussion of the bill. Uh, I don't know. I guess I guess because I've seen uh, more heated discussions in politics. Uh, I, I think heated discussion is is a is an exaggeration of what we saw there. Uh, I think yeah, both men were passionate about their position. Uh, but I think they both stayed relatively calm and stayed to their positions. Um, so what I got out of that, I didn't get that uh, Representative Van Huss was saying, oh, no evil, teachers and coaches can rape uh, high school students all day long. That's, you know, give that man a slap on the back. No, I didn't see hear that. Uh, what I got that he was seeing no evil in is no evil in allowing the child to be born. Uh, that is that, you know, the matter in which a child is conceived does not invalidate a human life. And, you know, let's, let's take a look at a, an actual, rather, let's, you know, take it out of the hypothetical and... And look, let's look at um, a a child that was truly unwanted. The pimp said, you can't make any money having a baby in the oven. We have got to kill this baby. They kicked her in the stomach. They fed her alcohol. They gave her drugs. They took a hanger and stabbed the baby over and over again. But the baby would not die. The baby was born two months premature with no pancreas, a learning disability, a bladder too small, unable to function, a severe stutterer. We call it a trick baby. Nobody wants the baby. No hope, no future. Kill it was the word. That baby was me. I'm the lowest of the low. I come from the guttermost. I come from a hellish condition. And so when I would go to school, I couldn't talk. I stuttered so severely from the trauma. My mother had a madam who hated men. Her name was Dolores, and she was a sadist. And when she would watch me, she would take a broomstick and stick it in a place where no boy should have any object in his body. And when you are tortured like that, you learn four things. Don't talk. Don't trust. Don't feel and pretend nothing is happening. And by age 10, I had had enough. I want it to die. And in my school, they put me in a boiler room with other kids who were dysfunctional like me, where we would finger paint all day long. And yet there was a teacher, thank God for her, who had a Gideon Bible. And she came to my school, and she saw kids like me as her mission field. And she would give me this Gideon Bible and read to me stories of dysfunctional characters who God used. She would say to me, Ronaldo, God uses greatly those who have been wounded very deeply. He will turn your pain into power, your wounds into wisdom. She had me read the story of Moses, who was also a stutterer. I began to understand that God did love a trick baby, even as low as I was. There was hope for me and possibility. And when a child begins to understand the love of God and the power of his word and the possibilities, it changes everything. How can a young man keep his way clean by taking heed according to your word? Your word has...
I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. I began to memorize the Bible, that Gideon Bible, reading 2,000 scriptures. And when you put that kind of word in a life, Something begins to happen. My stuttering went away. I stopped wetting the bed. I stood tall. I became valedictorian, became a pastor, and preached until everybody in my family got saved. Why? Because somebody placed the Gideon Bible in a woman's hand that changed a life forever. Yes! I was born a trick baby, but the trick was on the devil. All right. Um, there you go, huh? So that, you know, here we have a case of a prostitute that gets pregnant. Not good for her livelihood. That's, you know, the last thing she wants is a baby. The pimp didn't want a baby. They tried to get rid of that baby. Imagine a baby being born to a prostitute. What kind of future does a child like that have? You know, as he said, you know, kill it was the word. Um, you know, pimps don't want no baby. Uh, prostitute doesn't want a baby. There's no place for that child. Wouldn't be better for the mother. It certainly could affect her livelihood. Wouldn't it be better for the child just to terminate that pregnancy? Everybody would be much better off than her having to carry that baby to term. And they tried to. They tried to kill that baby. But God had other plans. I mean, so let's talk about, for a moment, the circumstances in which a human life is conceived. Now I might now I might I might get behind a death penalty for a rapist but I'm not getting to get behind a death penalty for the baby. You know, the way the child is conceived, the child should not suffer death because of the circumstance in which they were conceived. Uh, my beautiful bride, Stacy Lynn, is keen to point out that's right, Angie, amen. Um, Stacy Lynn is keen to point out that, you know, okay, so one partner's willing, one's not. All right, what, what about, what if one enjoys it and one does not? You know, what about in a marital relationship, the bonds of holy matrimony? The, the husband has a good time, but the wife doesn't, or, you know, or the wife does, but the husband doesn't, and the conception comes out of that. Should we kill the child? Because the, the uh, conception wasn't enjoyable for all parties? When we begin, I believe that when we begin to value a human life, not intrinsically, but conditionally, based on circumstances, not because of an intrinsic human value. I'm a born-again Christian, okay? Um, let's, let's take religion out of, the, out of the equation right now. Granted, hey, Rescue's Only, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, granted, in the video we just watched, Ronaldo uh, was the word of God and someone who loved God that made the difference in his life. Um, but for a moment, just hypothetically speaking, let's take the whole religion uh, aspect out of it. If we as human beings 
determine the worth of human life based on conditions and not intrinsically where human life itself has no value except a value assigned to it um uh, you know either those who were involved in the conception or even outside the conception as was in the legislature well do you know I, we see this the, the coach and the teacher or coach or teacher you know raping this 15 year old girl that invalidates the human life I don't care what the coach thinks. I don't care what she thinks. Maybe she wants to carry the term. We see it as unwanted, and therefore that human life has no value and should be terminated. People, I think that's scary. Uh, just, I mean, if you want to look at it from a completely humanistic point of view, with human at the root of that, humanistic, where humans are the, you know, end all, be all that human, you know, that humans have, have dignity and, and we ought to do things that support our own welfare and, and existence, then it's, it's antithetical to that to say that human life has no intrinsic value, that is only determined by external factors and and other people that well if i wanted to get pregnant then then that human life well you know what um, newsflash we wouldn't have human history if it wasn't for human reproduction heck we've seen we've seen in china and we talked about it yesterday where you know they had the one child policy trying to control their population, not because of a limit of, of natural resources, but because of a desire of control of the government that the populace not get too large. I mean, they cited natural resources and crowding of cities and all that, but there's plenty of place in China to build cities. There's plenty of place in China to grow food and the vast surface of, of China and the world is unpopulated and and can uh, produce food to, and, and fresh water to support billions and billions of people more than already live here. This whole ecological ruse that, you know, this overpopulation. Go go down to your local library and, and pull out an atlas, or you can look it online, but, you know, it's more fun to turn the pages and smell those pages but look online so you don't have to leave your house you may not even know where the library is in your city uh, look online and look at a map that shows population density and you'll see that the world's population by by order of billions is concentrated in these metropolitan areas mostly coastal cities and and that's where things are overpopulated. It's not like the rest of the Earth's surface is boiling hot, or, or uh, it's, it's frozen tundra and and uh, you know in, uninhabitable. It's not like it's um, you know there's nuclear waste buried everywhere on planet Earth, and everybody has to congregate in these these little cities. The, the vast majority of Earth's surface is completely habitable, but uninhabited. And 
anyway, it's not an ecological thing. And I know there's folks out there, I, I don't see the comments. They're, maybe they'll be in the replay. This guy's an idiot. He knows nothing about science. Or No, I'm sorry. I'm, that sounds condescending. This poor chap knows nothing about... No, I don't want to <laughs> insult Brits. But, dude, you're, you're, you, you probably don't even have a college degree. Dude, you, you don't know nothing about... You don't... Sorry, double negative. You don't know anything about science. You, you backward, uh, southern, uh, hillbilly retards, um, are are just completely uninformed on the ecological situation, ecological ecological crisis facing our fragile planet. And if you understood that, you would understand how important it is to to limit and control the population. Um. No, I'm, I don't work for the Department of Health and Human Services. I do not have a degree. My degree is in computer information systems, by the way. That that be, be yeah, point. See, it's hard. Stace, I understand it's hard. BSCIS, I only put that on there because Stacy has her um, um, uh, MS on there, her Master's of Science, which is in clinical psychology. And so to, to balance the lower thirds, I thought I'll just throw, uh, <laughs> I'll throw out that. So my degree, and it's just, uh, it's just an undergraduate degree in computer information systems, but I'm a pretty smart guy. I've looked at this stuff and my, I've given you my understanding. I could be wrong, but there's not a problem with overpopulation on planet Earth. There's a, there's a problem with overpopulation in big metropolitan areas, uh, even India that has, I don't know how many billion people, one point, almost two billion people, look at where the population is in these big metropolitan areas that are congested and overpopulated. And if you uh, read the United Nations, um, used to be Agenda 21, um, uh, it's got some new label now, but the documentation is out there that the plan for the United Nations is to put people in high-density housing. Um, you know, they see that's the way of the sustainable future is to get, <laughs> I'm not a I'm genius, is, is to put people in high-density housing. You know, wow, you know, to conserve, you know, natural resources and stuff like that. Well, actually what that does is that puts people in a place where the, the only access to to fresh food and water is what is what's supplied to them from the outside and depend upon uh, an oligarchy to supply your uh, each and every human need. Uh you know, if you have a few people uh, uh, producing and providing food and everyone else and basically apartment buildings all throughout the world, then then every every you know resource needed, even in Maslow's hierarchy of need, you know, is is dependent upon external circumstances. It's anyway, I that isn't what this episode is about. <laughs> this is about the heartbeat bill and 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 stealing the um borrowing somewhat the um clickbait from the Pathos article. Yeah, so they can 
use the weather to kill us. Yeah, and people, yeah, control the weather, ha, ha, ha. Go look at that. I think it was the Energy Act of 2007, the same one that gave us the extended daylight time, you know, where standard time is now only like three months of the year. Well, maybe four if you count the half months, you know. Um, there is, I could be wrong, I think it's the Energy Act 2007, but there's this that provides government funding for weather study and manipulation. I'll have to, I have to bring it up. It's, it's, it's out there. And, um, anyway. All right. So where I was going, well, before I, here it is, 36 minutes after the hour, I would be remiss in not giving tremendous thanks to our sole sponsor, our sole advertising sponsor, uh, who who makes, uh, who in part makes this possible, who helps underwrite uh, a small portion of our expense, and that is Ariel Ministries. And you can find them online at, um, make sure of, I want to make this fit better, something like that. Well, I'll just flip it to here, try not to, see, it, it really is, Stace, it really is hard to um, manage all this stuff. It's not for solo person. Anyway, Ariel Ministry, you find them online at ariel.org, A-R-I-E-L.org. Um, if you want to learn more about what they do, a great place to start is up on the top menu there. You'll find the magazine link, and they have a quarterly magazine that comes out. You don't even have to subscribe. You can, but uh, just they have the um, digital copies there. You can look at uh, the, the latest issue, cover stories when God speaks of himself as us, talking about the um, plural references in the Hebrew scriptures and uh, several articles you can see the um, different aerial branches around the world anyway check it out ariel.org and if you'll find in addition to their magazine a multitude my phone's ringing so it's not a little bit distracting distracting uh, you'll find uh, several resources on this site, good biblical, solid teaching that addresses deep questions of life. Uh, and if you find anything on their store that you'd like to purchase in, in print or, or digital, you can save 20% when you use the coupon code BIBLENEWS. Uh, 20% BIBLENEWS, that's one word. Be sure to use that in the coupon code uh, field when you check out. If you want some suggestions on what you might want to check out on our page, on our site, BibleNewsRadio.com, check out the resources page, and we have several things there, um, uh, most of them from RL Ministries, things we recommend. Um, I cannot uh, recommend enough the Yeshua Life of Messiah from Messianic pers Jewish Perspective. Uh, series, either the abridged version or the uh, full four-volume version. The four-volume version will give you uh, the the Bible text and the rabbinical text embedded 
which makes it uh, a little bit longer. And there's some other, uh, there are some other fun resources on on our page there uh, that you can dr purchase directly uh, from our site. Uh, a recent book by Dr. Jerry Newcomb, American Amnesia. Uh, good stuff, focusing on government, uh, the American experiment, current society, church and state matters. Um, check it out. Free shipping in the U.S. Uh, just uh, $30 to get your copy of that. So check those things out. Anyway, Carl 9-something had faded out before. I could see it is here. Diane and Marty and... Um, me and Melanie are still here, and thanks all for being here. And certainly we thank those uh, of you, you pillars that are uh, help underwrite the expenses uh, that we have here of internet and, and, and uh, multicasting and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and, the, and the gear sitting in front of me on the table. Um, you folks, just I'm touched that you see enough value in this, place enough value in us to uh, donate something uh, monthly. And if uh, you want to be one of those, you can go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give and um, set up a, a monthly donation of any kind you want, whether it's $25 or, you know, two dollars and fifty cents whatever um you can spare much appreciated all right back to me now here i was thinking this part was going to take about maybe 20 minutes <laughs> of the hour not the giving thanks part but just uh dealing with with this uh clickbait article and how the uh, representative van huss uh sees no evil in the 15-year-old, rape of a 15-year-old girl. All right. Um, so what I want to do is, since it is in the news, uh, the Tennessee heartbeat bill, um, I had I had it up here. Oh, okay, there's my document. There we go. All right. See if this works for you. I may have to uh, scale this a little bit. So you can, well, I think it's just going to be small. So we could. But Tennessee General Assembly, I don't know if you can, don't know if you can read it, but this is a, <clears throat> HB 77 sponsored by Representative Van Huss, who we saw in the earlier video. And it passed in the House today. <clears throat> in the Tennessee House, uh, 65 to 21, uh, as amended. And uh, it's now engrossed and ready for transmission to Senate. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the Senate. It did, um, this related Senate bill passed on second consideration and referred to the Senate Judiciary Committee, committee 
but now the, the House bill, since it's passed in the House, is headed over to the state Senate for voting and adopted as amended. And so amendment number five is what was adopted. And so if we look at amendment number five uh, to this bill, I don't know, is that... Yeah, it doesn't look really good on, on the monitor screen. I don't know how well you can see that, but it reads like the typical legalese, worse than the end user license agreement for many uh, software applications. But basically, this bill amends uh, Tennessee Code Annotated Title 39, Chapter 15, Part 2, and it's meant as follows. And this and I'm no attorney, um, no offense to my Jewish brothers and sisters, but this reminds me a lot of reading um, the Mishnah and the rabbinical commentary that Rabbi so-and-so said that Rabbi so-and-so said that, but in this case, or in that case, and you know, rather than just looking at the law and dealing with the exceptions in the courtroom, they try to put all the exceptions into the law itself which makes it, uh, you need a, a law degree to understand what the law is, even it, to read it. Anyway, as I understand it, this first provision says that that what is below um, the, that uh, what's this, uh, this bill that amends Title 39, Chapter 15, Part 2, uh, will only be in effect as long as it's uh, it's not held invalid or in unconstitutional by judicial order, or is not temporarily or permanent permanently restrained or enjoined by judicial order, or um, otherwise not enforceable uh, during the pendency of litigation challenging this section's validity or constitutionality. So in other words, it seems like as amended that it can be held up in court forever. Even if it passes the Senate, um, you know, as amended, it can it can die a death in, in a courtroom. Um, anyway, and then it talks about uh, basically a person shall not purposely perform or induce or attempt to perform, induce, an abortion upon a pregnant woman where pregnancy is viable. And it goes on to define viable as having the the preborn child, the in utero child having a, uh, a heartbeat. And, and then um, yeah, all this stuff, and then it talks about how the physician has to uh, have a written record of what method of testing for a heartbeat was and what the results were and then I like this part because this has been a, a a criticism of some pro-lifers and that these bills don't go far enough is that the abortionist can then just say well yeah I didn't detect a heartbeat and so I'm going to go through with it of course he's getting paid to do that he's getting paid to perform the abortion of course he's going to not detect a heartbeat but there is this paragraph B where another physician who is not associated in practice with a physician who intends to perform or induce the abortion 
certifies in writing, in such physician's good faith medical judgment based upon the facts known to the physician at the time, the abortion is necessary to prevent the death of pregnant of the pregnant woman or to prevent a serious risk or the substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function of the pregnant woman. So in the case where um, there is a viable baby, then another physician has to sign off if the abortion is going to be performed that, that in that physician's good faith medical judgment that the abortion is necessary to prevent death of the pregnant woman or prevent serious risk or th of the substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function of the pregnant woman. But then it goes on to exclude that um, if it says the requirement does not apply if there's no hospital within 30 miles with neonatal services and the physician who intends to perform or induce the abortion has admitting privileges at the hospital where the abortion is to be performed. So, so if there is no hospital with neonatal services within 30 miles of where the abortion is going to be performed, um, I see if this holds out for any time uh, that I can see, uh, you know, an uptick in the number of abortion centers that are 30 miles from a hospital, more than 30 miles or more. Um, or if the physician who is going to perform or induce the abortion has admitting privileges at the hospital where the abortion is to be performed or induced. So if there is a hospital with, a neo, with neonatal services, the, a physician can perform an abortion inside that hospital. So, as the way I read it. Again, I'm not an attorney, and as you can see, this stuff goes on for, for quite a bit and uh, defines all these terms. Uh, etc etc so whereas I am morally encouraged that that Tennessee voters I don't know a couple years ago whatever uh, voted for amendment one which was about the sanctity of life and I am encouraged that the house um, the um, uh, the state house representatives, uh, by a vote of 65 to 21, sees an intrinsic value in human life, uh, not determined by external circumstances or on the say-so of other people, uh, whether a human life has value or not. Um, I am encouraged that they see an intrinsic value in human life, um, I'm not so sure how how this will play out in the courts, if this will hold up or if it'll just be kept in limbo for a while and considered non-enforceable because there is, um, uh, you know, an injunction or, or pending litigation or something like that. And so uh, I am glad that Amendment 6 uh, didn't pass with Amendment 6, which would have allowed abortion in the case of rape and as we saw from Ronaldo that trick baby and the case of his mother being a prostitute 
and and the pimp and everyone else trying to abort the baby. You know, after all, it wouldn't be a good life for the mother, wouldn't be a good life for the child, etc. You know, who who's to say? Um, uh, placing uh, an, uh, a subjective value on human life, an external subjective rather than an intrinsic uh, value that human life has value. Um, it always kind of um, has given me kind of whatever, kind of puzzled me. There we go. Not search for big words. It's 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 puzzled me how many people who are against the death penalty, because you know you just shouldn't end a life like that. There's chance for reform, and you know even if they spend the rest of their time in in prison, you know they can do something with their life. Uh, that are against the death penalty, often the same people will be for abortion. Like well. That baby's life is, is you know, it's not going to be good. They're not going to be wanted in the home. And it's like, I don't see how that's different. You're predetermining before a child is born that its life is not going to be pleasant where it's okay for someone to spend the rest of their days in prison. That that's, that's a, they can make something their life behind bars. Whereas a child outside of the womb with the whole world available to them can't make something out of their life. I just, I don't understand the connect there or the disconnect really. I don't, I don't know if, if there's one set of ethics that supports both of those views, pro-abortion and anti-death penalty. Uh, because in, in practice, in the case of rape, the abortion is a death penalty. Uh, there's a crime committed, therefore, the conceived child must die. Sort of a sacrificial thing. I don't know. Uh, and yet they don't get, often they don't get the whole idea of uh, Messiah Christ dying for us. Anyway, uh, golly, 454. Can you believe it? I can believe it. Um, kind of like to jump into anything else. Why don't I shut up for a while? And see, scroll up for comments here. I, I, I'm sure missed. I'm trying to. Yes, five dollar. Yeah, five dollar issue. Yeah, for the, for the magazine. Yeah, buy save twenty percent. But that's on the magazine too. So it'd be twenty percent off five. Well, I think it's like five fifty. So a dollar and ten cents off of that. Four forty for issue of the magazine. Um. Looks like your sweet and lovable host, Stacy Lynn Harp, aka Bible News Radio, has been commenting the most during this broadcast. Um. Anyway, so I said I I told you I'd be quiet. So I I want to hear from all y'all. Uh, what are your thoughts about this? Um. About heartbeat of a preborn baby making that baby viable. Uh, you know, your thoughts on abortion, uh, your, uh, your thoughts on abortion, the case of incest or rape. Inquiring minds want to know. And I'm looking for your comments off to the side, so I'm not, doesn't look like I'm looking right into your eyes because the camera 
It's right there. But my monitor of this broadcast and your comments is slightly to the right. If I'd um, thought it through, I would have set it up a little differently. In fact, maybe I can still do that. Oh, I'm, oh little unsteadiness here, trying to... Whoa, no, that's going <laughs> to... No, it's not going to work because then the... And all the, uh, the hardware gets wonky and wants to fall off, so I'm not going to do that. Angie is back. Questions, comments, concerns, criticisms? Rape. What about rape? Abortion in the case of rape. What do you think? Majority voted abusive because someone mentioned the word rape. Um, of course, I don't know <laughs> what they wanted to say about it. Okay, folks dropping out now. All right. Y'all got no comments on this? All right, with that, I'll start to wrap this up and put a bow on it. Well, maybe I'll skip the bow. I'll just wrap it up. I want to thank you for joining me and putting up with me running things solo today. As I, um, yeah, Christian's Foundations is based on evil acts. Open a history book. Um, well, maybe you can give us a condensed history. Um, what evil acts uh, is Christianity based on? I'm shocked that you're seeing them do the same to this day. Don't be shocked you're seeing them do the same to this day. I don't understand that, but I'm curious about the the acts that Christianity is based upon. Um, I mean, there's the Book of Acts, which is the which is the history of the early church, the early Christian church. If you're talking about God, the, the living word, becoming flesh, dwelling among us, to have a human body, to be tempted in every way we are, yet without sin, and to give his life as a sacrifice for sin, you could say, is the okay, well, the, the Christianity isn't based on the Crusades, the Inquisition, the Roman Catholic Church. The uh, Christianity is not based on those behaviors of of the of the Church in the Middle Ages. The Church of the Middle Ages was an unholy union between the Roman Empire and and the the Catholic Church became the Holy Roman Empire, and um, and and to date the Roman Catholic Church. Um, in which the government um, saw, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. You can go back to Constantine, and when he made Christianity the official 
uh, religion of the Roman Empire and and the whole unholy alliance uh, that you know came out of that. Uh, well, you see what was birthed out of that: the Crusades and and those sort of things. Well, while the Crusades were in part an initial reaction to the bloodshed and conquering of Muslims of the Holy Land. Um, yeah, the Roman Catholic Church, yeah, that's how it got so powerful today, is, is the marriage um, with, with the government, with the Roman Empire, and which stayed in there as, as the Roman Empire was, you know, kind of broke up into the, the monarchies across Europe. And boy, it's, it's five o'clock now. Going to a whole history lesson of the, of the church, but let's fast forward, and that's why the the framers, the writers of the Constitution, were clear to say that the government or the Congress specifically, not government at large, limiting the powers of Congress, the Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. They didn't want that. They didn't want that state religion. They didn't want the, the Roman Catholic Church. They didn't want the Holy Roman Empire. They didn't want the state to say, okay, this you know, is our denomination and all others are infidels. Um, they wanted freedom of worship, freedom of practice, why, which is why the First Amendment says the free exercise thereof. They didn't want a dictated, strong people infiltrated the Hebrews' religion. Um, well, yeah, when you get into what, you know, rabbinical Judaism and the, um, you know, the whole legalism of the Pharisees and the Sopharim and the, and, and yeah, and the Mishnah Talmud, stuff like that, uh, where it turned into legalism rather than relationship with the Almighty. Yeah. And, and Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, uh, he had he had no uncertain words uh, to uh, both contradict and condemn. He didn't change religion to how they live while discussing. Yeah, right. Look for loopholes. Anyway, um, I'm past the hour. I need to wrap this up. So I thank you very much for being with me this time. And it's my turn now, instead of just queuing things up for the exit here, to remind you to be bold, to stand up and go with God. Why? Because he loves you uh, very much. Ronaldo knew that, as you saw. If you didn't catch that, uh, go back, watch the replay, The Trick Baby, because he learned that God loved him. He could stand. Um... Um, yeah, we can get into the whole Hebrew Roots movement, stuff like that, in another episode. Anyway, so, yeah, Ronaldo learned that God loved him, and he was able to be bold and stand up and become uh, a powerful, powerful force for good and the gospel uh, because of God's love, and you can too. We'll catch you, today's only Thursday, so... Tomorrow, Friday, we'll catch you tomorrow, 4 p.m. The same channels for free for all Friday. Love y'all. Until then, bye.